Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Loud and Curious with Krista Rosa. I'm here with Michael Sharkey. Hello. Um, nice to finally have you at my apartment. I know, finally. First time in Hoboken. And you're loving my place. You complimented it's it a amazing. lot, so that's good. I'm glad that you like yeah, it. Yeah, it's goals. Um, Michael has um, an invisible illness. Mm-hmm. You have ulcerative colitis, which mm-hmm. is very, very close to what my mother has, which is Crohn's disease. Right. Um, and so you actually just wrote an article um talking all about your yes. journey with this invisible illness and i wanted to have you on and talk about it because i know that there's a lot especially today there's so many like gluten free is very very big now and that's very good for you and there's so many different like i don't want to say the word diet cuz it's not really a diet but like but like it, it is. is a yeah. diet i guess yeah. like a diet um and there's different all these different things where people are eliminating things from their from their diets right. um because of for health reasons but Mm -hmm. you actually like have had to do that because of your disease and so yeah I want to talk about what it's like what people should um know Mm -hmm. I want to go through your article and go through your three three things that I need to know (laughs) before we talk about it perfect um but you so you have ulcerative colitis which is a digestive disease correct correct yes um so basically Ulcerative colitis is uh, a form of inflammatory bowel disease. So IBD, or inflammatory bowel disease, is an autoimmune disease of the digestive system. Um, and so, like you said, because I, for- I always forget that your mom is Crohn's. I yeah. always forget that. Like, yeah, we yeah. never talk about too. that. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. And yeah. we'll actually probably get into this. But, um, but yeah, so they're very similar, both inflammatory bowel diseases, but they do have a few key differences. Um, so Crohn's disease is basically like... It's more complicated than this, but like this is just the easiest version how to, you know, differentiate. Crohn's disease can affect anywhere from your mouth, like all the way through your anus. So like, and again, like we have to be comfortable saying these words if we're going to be. Oh yeah, I've said way worse things on this (laughs) podcast. No, we're completely fine. Yeah. So Crohn's disease can affect anywhere in the digestive tract. Um, Also, from tip to tip, basically. That is a good way to put it. Yeah. I've never thought about that. Um, but then ulcerative colitis is just in your colon. So like colitis, inflammation of the got colon. Got it, got it, got mm-hmm. it, got it. And then also, it, I actually kind of am, I envy people with Crohn's disease for the name of it because it's so just like discreet. Oh, I have Crohn's disease. We're like ulcerative colitis literally in the language. It's just like violent. It, yeah, yes. Just, yeah. Oh, you have ulcers on your colon. Got it. I'm like, yeah. maybe I don't want everyone to know that from the start, but here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Crohn's disease also can affect like anywhere, anything like through the wall of the intestines where like ulcerative colitis is just in the lining. There's just like weird things like that. Yeah. Um, and then the last like distinction is that uh, Crohn's usually comes in patches. Like you'll have like a patch of disease, you know, intestine and then a patch of healthy and so on. And ulcerative colitis is typically like one long stretch. But then there's like 10% of people who are indeterminate colitis, which is actually what I was diagnosed with at first because it was only my colon, but it was all patchy. And like Got we it. can get in this later, but it's actually important to know which one you are for treatment. Uh, so indeterminate is like kind of tough. So like we say it's ulcerative colitis, that's what we think, but like there's still a chance it's indeterminate. Got it. So like could be Crohn's, and that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Um. And so what is it? So what does it actually? You have ulcers on your colon, and that mm-hmm. is <laughs> causes you to not be able to eat certain things. Right. right? Um. Yeah. So it's a whole slew of things, and like I say in the article. There are are many different symptoms for every different person, but the main common ones are diarrhea, abdominal pain, fatigue, um, rectal bleeding, like nausea if you have it in your upper digestive tract, which ulcerative colitis is not. It's just in the lower. Um, But it's just a whole, any kind of digestive symptom you can think of. Yeah, like what you think of when, yeah. Yeah, like if you're ever sick and your belly sucks, it's Yeah, Um, you... And so what are some of the things that you cannot eat because of that? You're gluten-free, right? You cannot eat any gluten at all. Yeah, well, so actually, so there's a little asterisk in front of this, too. So I feel like I'm jumping ahead into my re- my three reasons. Yeah, whatever, yeah. But um, one of the things that I say, like, it's really hard to talk to people about this unless they know these certain things. And one of them is that it's different for everybody. Like, yeah. whether you 
two people have Crohn's or two people have colitis or they both just have IBD. Like it can be so different for every person. Um, so I am not allergic to gluten at all. I just found that when I cut it out of my diet, it helped a lot. But other people is they don't have that experience. Like they're like they find that the fiber or like the you know you feel more full when you eat pasta like actually helps them. Yeah. You know you know just with their diet. Um, but so I intentionally so like again like not allergic but just help it helps me feel better uh, i cut out gluten and dairy and mostly sugar but like i've kind of like been bad recently with that yeah. like need to jump back on that train um but what i try to do when i prep my meals for the week is eat the paleo diet but i don't do that like 24 7 like coming over here and to your house tonight where he made me delicious gluten-free pasta like that's not technically paleo, but I can still eat it. And I'm yeah. still going to enjoy it. You know, you got to live your life, find a balance. But. Yeah. So there isn't like a cut and dry, like these oh, is what you can not. eat and this is what you cannot eat. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and so when, uh, should we just go into your three, three things we that we should know well. first before sets then we it up. continue to go? Okay. So what are the, so the first one is, it's different for everybody, which you kind of already touched on. Yes. Which is basically like, there are no rules for this. Yeah. For any, any part of it, honestly, like medication, surgery, diet. Even as like even symptoms, they can be so different. Like I write in the thing, um, for me, humidity. Like stepping outside today, most people. It was very hot today. It was like eighty two and humid and sunny, and most people are ecstatic to be like, "Oh my god, it's so nice out!" Like gonna go out, like gonna go, you know, to Smorgasbord, like do whatever. And I literally never leave my apartment when it's like this. So I stepped outside. It was like five p.m. I was like, "Oh, why? Why is is that? I don't know." But it like makes you. What does it make you feel? Um, so humidity specifically is just like, I just feel sick. I don't really know. It's hard for me now to remember kind of what it was like before having this disease. So I can't really compare it to something except I can, what I imagine like when your belly sucks, when you have a fever, like you're just so hot okay, and like your stomach is upset and it just makes it worse. Like that's like, that's how I feel. But other people, it's the cold that makes it worse for them. So it's just so, it's just such a weird mysterious disease on a lot of levels but um yeah so it's just different for everyone and I like really one of the inspiration for writing this was because I had a co-worker who actually had Crohn's disease and another co-worker who knew this about both of us and would always compare us always and just like like oh well it must not be that bad if you're eating this or like it must like this whole thing and I was like no like we are two completely different people like these are not even you can't compare them. You just can't, even yeah. if it is the same or similar disease. Um, the second one is. Yeah. So the second one is that it sounds so blunt and rude when I say it, but you don't know what it's like to have IBD because yeah. everyone's had an upset stomach and it sucks for all of us. But people just like tend because, you know, that's the only frame. That's the only framework your brain has to pull from is like is the like, one time yeah. you had like diarrhea after Chipotle or something. Or like, you like got food poisoning. Exactly. Once and so you like, which yeah. like, I'm sure that's actually horrible. I've never had food poisoning. Me but either. yeah, like we're blessed. Um, but yeah, so people just they they just think they know what it is. Like, well, oh, it must suck. Well, just like with everything, you have to like relate whatever's happening like to your own experience. Exactly. And even if it doesn't mean even if you don't know what you're relating yeah. yourself to. But the, yeah. the problem with this is that because the general population doesn't have you know, a chronic illness in their digestive system, it belittles the person's experience. So like if someone's like, oh, that sucks. Like tummy aches are the worst. I'm like, yeah, like they are, but like, that's not uh, what this is. That's not what this is. Like I'm like literally bleeding through my colon, but like, thank you. It does suck. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. So it's like, so yeah. So just in general, like it's just, you just don't know. Like, right. and you'll never know. Correct. Like, unless you have it, obviously. Yeah. Or just like, if you're just willing to, like we're doing right now, like just willing to listen and talk to the people, you know, cause almost everyone knows someone who has this. It's not that common of a disease actually. Like only 1.6 million Americans have it, but still that just works out that like everyone I've known knows someone who knows has one it. person. Right. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. If you're just open to learning, like you can at least have some understanding. If you can't have like empathy, you can at least like get it. Yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, then my last reason or like my last point that I just wish everyone knew before I started talking about this was that the effects go far beyond those like main symptoms. I just yeah, like the Pepto-Bismol symptoms, as I like yeah, to call them. Exactly. Because, yeah, those are huge and they're very central to this. And it's like a horrible aspect of it, but it's not it. Like it goes so much farther than that, which is like why I wrote the article, because I was like, I don't even know how to put 
living with this disease for eight years into words because it's not if, if it was just the symptoms like I could just say that like oh yeah like sometimes I have like horrible abdominal cramping but like you know I live my life and it's fine but it's not that like it's so yeah intrinsic you, to who I am now yeah you wrote that it like is a part it's like a huge part of you yeah and like I would love to know why why you feel that way yeah, the way I described it in the article was that, like, is this the only image I could muster for it? Is that, like, I feel like a giant tree that's, like, grown around that rusty bicycle that was put in front of it. Yeah, you know, like, like those photos that you see on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they've, like, bec- uh, we've become one. Um, but it's just, it's because it affects everything I do. Like, literally everything I do comes back to this. Even, it's not even, like, it's not, it doesn't control me. Like, it doesn't define me. It's just, yeah. like the reality you're is still that, an able-bodied person that can yeah. like wake up every day and go to work and yeah. go to, to have fun with your friends and yeah. exactly but like it does but it can limit that at yes. the same time so like anything yeah just everything i do comes back to this and because it's such a taboo topic like you can't just like talk about shit or like also disease like both I, things are pretty taboo i first of all think talking about poop is amazing well you're a different i breed. like love it <laughs> And also, like, wanted to start an Instagram that are, like, just all of your, like, really good poops, like, whenever it's a really oh good one. And, like, literally, I was like, oh, I can't do that, though, because it'll literally get reported. It <laughs> would. Also, I could literally never be on that. But also, like, it would be great. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know. May- maybe. It could well, be, gonna... like, we were just talking about vision boards. It could be my vision board. Yeah. Like, maybe one yes. day my poop no, will like, look like yeah. this. <laughs> True. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it is a taboo topic for places not. Places other than this podcast, obviously. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just, I have a hard time because like, it really does affect everything I do. And it's behind a lot of the reasons why I do or don't do certain things. But people don't know that because I can't talk to them about it. Like it's, especially, I'm sure we might get into this more detail, but um, like when I moved to New York, my only friends were coworkers. That's the only people I met. Like you, I actually thought about you a lot when I was writing this because like we did get so close, but we were coworkers. That's how we became friends. Yeah. And I was trying to like keep this on the DL because I wanted everyone to think I could handle the job. Like I was, yeah. Like you don't like, want to be like, Oh, short. also PS here's like the like exactly. handicapping thing that like I, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Like I graduated college and then in May, September, I moved here 22 New York to get this job in TV. And it's, you know, very competitive, very like, you know, you got to put up with all this or you're not going to make it like you're not cut out for it kind of attitude. And so I had to just like keep it a secret except for our one boss who like also has digestive issues and she was amazing mentor for the whole thing. But yeah, so I thought about you a lot because like just going back to the whole thing, like I was kind of trying to keep from my coworkers, but I was also trying to make friends. So you guys would always like go out for drinks or like do stuff. And I couldn't tell you why I couldn't go I just kept making up excuses because I was like yeah I live really far away like which I do but like so do you so that's and not I was really like no <laughs> I was like that's not an excuse yeah. like it's around the corner what are you talking about yeah, yeah. and I was just like I gotta go like I'm just really broke right now or just I just made yeah, up yeah. so many excuses and, and we're like we'll buy like, you drinks and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah like thank you but like I'm good yeah um what are some decisions that you make like what are some decisions that that you have to like make mm-hmm. often because of this yeah well actually i think this is probably a good time to bring up um what we and like the chronic illness community call the spoon theory i don't know if i linked it in the article i'm not sure if you're familiar at all with no, it I, don't, but I am not it's basically um so the spoon theory is is just like a metaphor for living with a chronic illness and what had happened like the woman who wrote it she was just at a diner in college with her best friend who was her roommate and like the best friend you know they were roommates like she knew everything about her she knew the woman had lupus she knew all about it but like just got very serious and was like, no, but for real, like, what is it like? Like, what is it like having this? Yeah, like explain it to me. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and so they were just at a diner. So the friend like just thought of this on the fly, but she like picked up all the spoons from all the surrounding tables and handed them to her and was like, all right, like, here you go. Like, you have lupus. We're going to start the day. She's the friends like all excited. She's like, OK, cool. Like, what is this? Yeah. And then. So she's like, okay, like what? Like, what do you do during the day? She's like, all right, like I get up and get ready. She's like, no, no, no. Like that no it's not one thing like you get up and you shower and then you do your makeup and then you do your hair and then you get dressed and it's like for everything that you do it costs her a spoon so like you start the day like let's say a healthy person starts the day with 20 spoons we start the day with like 10 and it varies you know it varies if you have a good day or if you have a bad day your number of spoons can vary but we have less so like 
every decision that we make or thing that we do, like it really is a perfect metaphor because it's like it costs you a spoon. A spoon. Yeah. Which is your energy, I'm assuming. It's your energy, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So it's just like you only have a certain amount of energy for the day and you have to really like be intentional with how you allocate it. So like for me, you know, like a commute the the commute on the subway in New York is like a spoon. Is a spoon. Or like if five. Stand, <laughs> yeah, if I have to stand it's two. Like yeah. which luckily I live far enough out that I usually never have to stand. It's like a blessing of living in the hood where I do. Yeah, where you're like yeah cuz you're like always getting a seat. Like literally, yeah. Yeah. Um and then yeah, so then like going to work and like just everything, but usually especially on like a Friday at the end of the week I have none left to like yeah, go like for Yeah, like you're drinks. in negative I'm ne- I am in negative. Yeah. yeah. Like actually. So that's why like th- it's just the best way to explain it. So like, yeah, your question though was like what decisions do I have to make? It's kind of like every decision. It's like do I want to do my makeup today yeah, because yes. yeah. That would I might need to use that energy later when I have to do something later after yes. work that I like have to do. Like actually, yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, on the weekends, um that's like when I try to get all my chores done, like most people. And it's like, either I'm going to do grocery shopping or I'm going to do my laundry today. Like I cannot do both or like, it's just stuff like that. Like it's just, it's really, that's why I think it feels so intrinsic in everything I do because it is every decision I make, even if it doesn't directly relate to like, Oh, like is my stomach going to be upset doing this activity? It's like, Oh, do I have enough energy to do this activity and get through the rest of my day? Yeah. And now is this now, if you would take a nap, is that like, oh, I feel great, or is that like also costing it's you a spoon? It's such a gamble. It yeah. really could help. I, think I mean, I don't that. nap ever. I don't know how to nap, so I'm like not good. I don't, <laughs> I don't ever. Know why it it like, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I like I don't know how to do it. Oh, jeez. It's no, like, I've thought about so, this a lot. Like, if I could have a nap during work, I would be a different person. Yeah. I know it would be so much better. But um, it depends. Yeah. Some yeah. D- if I'm like really fatigued, which does happen, because like you do live with a level of fatigue, but like if you're going through what's called a flare up, like a active symptoms um then the fatigue is much worse so like if i'm like super fatigued and take a nap try to help it i probably will wake up feeling worse yeah because you're like your body's like why are you not sleeping exactly it just wants to sleep constantly um but yeah yeah what are some things that you found help you throughout the day or what are some things that you've like over the years now that you've had this for a long time like what yeah. is like your like hacks mm-hmm. that you've that you've come to learn yeah so again like just gonna preface it that this is just my experience it could be totally different for someone else but for me the diet was the biggest one that's the biggest yeah like it has not fixed everything because i you know i've been eating mostly paleo now for like three years um and i did have like a horrible like two-year flare within that but it still helps so much like even yeah standing um so definitely making the diet changes was huge. And I also just think like l- allowing myself permission to just like be antisocial if I have to be or like yeah. just not like I-, I used to just shame myself so hard and to just like you're young, like you need to make friends, like you need to be fun. Because I want like not that I'm not fun anymore, but like when I was in college, I was just like very fortunate to have pretty good health all four years. And so I was so much more fun. Like, yeah. of course that's college, but and also, also not New York city, which is very yeah. different. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I do still see a difference. Like even when I do go out now, like it's, it's just different. Like I just used to be a lot healthier than I am at this current moment and it'll get back there. But just like stop being so hard on myself has helped a lot. Like it's so cheesy and stupid, but it took a long time to get yeah. there to just be like, it's okay to be by yourself for a night and like sob watching Queer Eye, which is exactly what I did last <laughs> night. I literally bawled my eyes out. I sobbed. Instead yeah. of like <laughs> going out, I would like literally just look forward to being in my bed watching Queer Eye. And it's it's helpful to just feel rested the next day. It actually does like more wonders than anything else could. Um, but actually, you and I were just talking about like crystals right before we started recording, just like how, you know, maybe it's another thing that just might help you. Like it might not do anything, but I have... I haven't ventured into crystals yet, but I do have a lot of other stuff in my life like that. Like I just try to make like very intentional routines that almost act like as a shield for me mentally really more than anything to help yeah. me get through this stuff. Cause that's been like the hardest challenge. But yeah, so now I wake up in the mornings, I do yoga, I meditate, I have like my essential oil diffuser on, nice. which you've also been the one who introduced me to yeah. essential oils. Hello. Yeah. I literally made fun of you. I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And now what do you do every day? I like literally do. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> 
Yeah, I used yes. to go with Chris to Whole Foods during work, and he would just sniff every single essential oil, and I'd be like, this is so dumb. And you were like, so what dumb. is this? And yeah. I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I thought it just looked like you were like sniffing it to like get a little buzz. I was like, this is not work. It's not doing anything. Like, just kidding. Oh, yeah, no. It's great. It's They're great. so relaxing. They really help. Like, no, and it also, does. like, peppermint essential oils is literally, like, Bengay or, like, yeah. what are the other ones? Like, yeah. Icy Hot? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is. No, it's it's true. I'll give it to you. Like, hello. <laughs> Ding dong. Ding right. dong. Anyway. You're right. Yeah. I'll give credit where it's um, due. Yeah. <laughs> You deserve it. So, wait, that's so great that you meditate every day and, and do, do yoga that. every morning. This is new. This is like this was really like a, a 2018 like New Year's resolution, nice. which I don't usually make. But like I had this whole I don't know. I had this like epiphany kind of actually I go to a support group for IBD now. I've been going since I moved to New York because I was like really in a horrible flare. It was in a horrible one. Like we had already mentioned, I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I'm not from New York, so I don't have anyone here. And so I went to this support group, which has been amazing, but they kind of made us. They're like, all right, like, what's your intention for 2018? Like, what's up, ladies? Yeah. What's good? And I was like, okay. So I had to actually think about it. And so I picked like a word for 2018. And for me, that was effort. Oh, I love this. When you posted this on Instagram, it was like amazing. It's just like what I needed to hear. And like, I've really realized that like, especially like like I said in my article, like IBD is very isolating. So like I kind of a long time ago accepted like I need to be the one to tell myself the things I need to hear because there isn't there's not going to be well, even person. like the thing that's interesting from what you're telling me is like even two people that have the same disease can have exactly. completely different like situ. Yeah. It can be com- two completely different mm-hmm. like paths yeah. and two completely different like mm-hmm. symptoms and the way that they treat it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So it's like it is isolating in the sense yeah. that like it's very unique to it you. It is. It is. That's actually a really good point. Um, but yeah, so my word that I chose was effort because effort does not demand perfection. It just demands that you try. Yes. And so I like, I just had this whole thing with like, you know, yes, I had a horrible flare up and like my year was awful, but like you also have to be accountable and like take responsibility and do what you can do. And for me, like I was going through this horrible flare up and everything was like kind of awful, but I also was just like playing the victim and I wasn't doing anything well and like defaulting to like oh no i should just go home because like and i should just go do this and i should just go be by myself because like i don't feel good yeah and like while that is true like sometimes you need to do that like i needed to do something that wasn't just that all the time so that's why i was like all right like i can you know i might not have money for a gym membership or like i might not feel well enough to be in a room of other yogis like i literally have to run to the bathroom like all the time during my morning yoga practices but I can get up like I have a little tiny corner in my room it's actually just fits a yoga mat it's like divine intervention I should send you a photo and then I can do that in the morning it's easy it helps me feel good it like works for me mentally I can meditate for like 10 minutes like there's no excuse not to because you need headphones you don't even need those but like you need headphones and 10 minutes and and, like like, uh, your body like yeah like literally (laughs) there's like actually no excuse um, so it's just a matter of like just trying to do something to take responsibility for this and like try to like get it what I can do to make it better, you know? Yeah. What um and that's helped you like tremendous do you think it's the routine of it or do you think it's like the mental clarity? I think it's the mental clarity. I also think the routine like does help, but it's I actually did my I in college I studied film and anthropology. Um, so my anthropology thesis was on this one form of meditation, which is just like ironic because I like did it for my senior year and I was like, okay, like fuck this, like I'm out of school. Yeah, like bye. And then like, literally years later, I was like, like really just in a downward spiral, and I was like, oh, like I literally wrote like a 25 page thesis on meditation. And I haven't once tried it <laughs> outside of that. I was like, okay, good. Like should probably do that. Like should be good. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, okay, like I need to do this, and because I know that it works. Like I, th- that was the point of this is that one, I did it myself. Two. I interviewed like dozens of people like I know it works yeah so then it it like is scientifically proven like that's all this stuff happens in your brain and you're just able to process emotion and stress and everything better so I really do think that that's the cumulative effect of doing it now for a few months is like I'm really starting to see it now yeah even just being able to do this like I was telling Chris like when we first started this I was so nervous because I've never talked about it like yeah like in this in-depth yeah, like ever. Like my family and my boyfriend knows, but that's literally that's about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And now the whole world is gonna know. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> what um 
Does anyone else in your family have this? It is is it genetic? It can be. So um, the answer is no. No one else in my family does have it. But yeah, it's really interesting. Like I probably should have mentioned this in the article that like it's a very mysterious disease and like mm-hmm. a, on a lot of levels. Um, so it can be genetic. So like if you if your parents have it or a sibling has it, you're much more likely to develop it. But you also can be like me and have no one. I have a huge family. Like no one has it. But it's interesting because it's way more prevalent in developed countries, developed urban and like cold climate countries, which I, I think the developed thing might also be like just more people are able to go to doctors. But it's the cold climate and the urban thing that's like all of those together. Yeah. There's some any, weird yeah. environmental factor that they can't determine that like helps. It's like a trigger. Like they think it's a combination of genetics environmental factors and like your immune system well that's like funny because remember when i when i first told you that my mom had crohn's disease and like only developed it later in life you're like that is like so rare it is yeah it's usually like a younger person's disease and it's a chronic illness obviously but yeah it's usually like 15 is like when most people get diagnosed i was 16 so i was like right at that age yeah um yeah so when yeah i forgot about that when you told me i was like that is so interesting yeah she got it like when she was like 50 years old yeah and, and it, like, you like out of nowhere, I think like, no one else in my family has it. Yeah, it's it's just so weird. But like some people, going back to like my first point, like some people have it really mildly, so they may not have even known. Like, may, like not saying this about your mom, but someone like your mom may have just like avoided the right foods her whole life and just like yeah, you know. Well, like even just she had to change the entire way that she ate because we were always like big foodies and we always like did yeah, like something Italian like, family. But some yeah. people like yeah, but some people like do like I feel like they could just like be like oh I never really ate this anyway and like I like really died like did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. What are some other things that you put effort into? Go expand on that more. Your word for 2018 is effort. So what other yeah. what other things did you put effort into? Um, well, it's not all about my disease, but I mean, this uh, this is kind of another example. Like I wanted to be able to talk about it more um, for like a lot of reasons. One, like I realized when I was going through this terrible flare that I keep referencing, it was like about two years and I'm like just now like finally getting out of it. Um, I realize that like no one understands it, which is not like anyone's fault. It's just there are a lot of times where like me or anyone with IBD needs a certain accommodation and we can't get it because people don't understand. So like an example would be um, another big symptom I didn't mention was urgency. Like, you know, when we have to go like we have to go to like, the bathroom. Right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like immediately. Like there are many times where like all of us just don't make it. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm in New York city. I'm like getting off a bus from Philly and I'm like running. I'm like, I need a bathroom like right now. So like run into a Dunkin' Donuts or something. Actually, no, I'm not going to slander Dunkin' Donuts. They're usually really great about letting me use their bathrooms and they have great coffee. So like DD, like you get a slide here. I'll go into like a rent Dwayne Reed, Dwayne Reed. I have it out for. Yeah. Um, so I'll go in and just like literally be like sweating, crying. I'm in like pain. I need a bathroom and they won't. It's like. There is no bathroom. I'm like, where, like, where do all you, where these do you pee? Go? Where like, do you pee? Yeah, like yeah. literally. And it's like, by the time I like get, you know, like uh, imagine a New York City Dwayne Reed. Like I walk in, I find an employee, like an employee there. The whole thing, like all of that, is time that like I now can't turn around and try another business. There's no time left. Yeah. So it's just like, so anyway, having many many experiences like that because when you're in a flare, it's obviously much worse. I just realized like no one else is gonna do this like there isn't gonna be some like random hero that like that's saves gonna be us like all. i'm gonna like figure it out for everyone yeah like yeah. i'm gonna like you know there are no real celebrities that have this there's like funny ones like the guy from what is the american teenage with Shay- uh, shailene woodley what was her what was that show oh my god the secret, secret life, life of the american teenager yes. you mean the best show that ever happened <laughs> literally ever? Yeah. the one love i literally have never watched it the like hot one or like the dorky the one the dorky one oh. he, he has yeah it. so like <laughs> exactly him and like the bassist from pearl jam like thank you guys yeah like that's it so like there isn't any celebrity advocate like there just is no one you know, yeah like you have no to be the celebrity it. advocate basically. right like there yeah. are people out there doing it but it's just not like it's just not well known so another thing with effort is just like trying to do this like i wrote the article like reached out to you about you know being on the podcast and just also like being more open with my friends and family because i was not like it's yeah. very easy to hide stuff when you're the you know the one separated from your family like most of my family is in philadelphia or now san francisco um and I'm in I'm the only one in New York. So it's like it's yeah. very easy to hide from them everything that's going on. And that's just like unfair. Like I was trying to do it to like, I don't want anyone to worry about me. Like I got this and like you got it like until you don't. And then, you know, things just like go downhill from there. So it's just it was just about being transparent, 
trying to like be more of an advocate not just for me but for everyone who has this um yeah you know this is why also mm-hmm. i want to invent a new i've said it on the podcast before i'm <laughs> sure i want to invent a new adult diaper that's not depends that like something i'd be here for you it. can go to the bathroom and like i if i there's how many times do i'm walking in the city and again this is not this is just from me like literally <laughs> yeah, yeah. just drinking too much water and literally having to pee but like and not at this sense of urgency but at the same time it's like where am i going into some exactly. fucking business to go pee like there's nowhere for me to go no new york is crazy and again with like security. so like me the average person who has yeah. complete control of their bowels at all times <laughs> let alone like not someone who doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like i'm yeah. like I would, and I get in fights with my mother about it. I'm like, I would, I would pee. I would like, if there's like a catheter situation we can like sell, like Oof. I would use that. All right. Maybe not a catheter, but like I can help. We can put like a better version of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. No, like I a, mean, honestly, honestly, yes. Like there, it might be a small uh, niche market, but like it's out there. But like it's a market. Yeah. No, also like, especially, you know, I've met all, all a bunch of other women because it's a support group for women, but in the support group, I've met all these other women and like everyone has like an emergency bag with them. It's like everyone has like just in case this ever happens because it does. Yeah. Like so if you if you've got some kind of like I'm fashionable like, diaper, I want like a fashionable diaper. Yeah, that's like what it is. Like, <laughs> All right, really. I'm gonna I'm really gonna start workshopping. No, and I this. think like people at concert. I shouldn't be talking about this on the podcast because you know what, people are gonna steal my idea. You're so right. I'm, but like Copyrighted a fashionable <laughs> diaper, like I'm here. I'm here would for wear, it. Would wear it. Yeah. Marathoners. And then you can just like, throw runners. it away. That's the thing is people like, and then you're gonna walk around waiting like with it on, and I'm like, no. Then you like go in it. You, like you'll get rid of it after we can think of some kind of like some way some velcro situation it'll happen it it'll right happen off. it'll happen <laughs> see like there we go validating my idea so thank you so much you're so welcome um anyway <laughs> i love it what um what are some things that i wouldn't think about mm. like what are some other things that you have to like do, that you have to think about in the plan ahead in your day that i wouldn't yeah. have to ever think about um well this is like a side tangent before i get to that because i was thinking about this and like just on the topic of, like, what I think about during every day, it baffles me that, like, almost every other person on Earth goes through their entire day without thinking about their bowels. I can't I can't fathom that. Like, just, you know, like, you'll eat some food, and then, like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, my God, you just enjoy a meal. That is so mind-boggling to me these days. And it's not – it's, like – it's not when I'm healthy. Like, I can very quickly, like, adapt back. Like, we always call it your new normal – um, but like when you're in it, when you're in the flare, that is like an unfathomable thought that you can just like eat food and it's enjoyable and yeah. then you don't have to plan for after. I think that's probably the biggest thing is like whenever I eat, it's, it is very intentional. Like the timing where I am, what I'm eating, like that's always has to be planned out. What kind of timing do you have? Um, so like I, I will have to use a bathroom like right after. So like I, if I'm, you know, let's say. I always use the reference of the bus because I'm just like always on the bus home to Philly. And that's like, you can't be trapped on a bus needing to go to the bathroom. Like that's just worst nightmare. So like, you know, if I'm trying to like eat some dinner before I get on the bus for two hours, like I'll eat dinner like an hour, two hours before. Yeah. Or an hour before maybe if I'm feeling frisky, Yeah, (laughs) just give myself plenty of time to like, let that like run right through me, which it will. And then it's done and it's over. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot. Um, trying to think it's just just like you know the typical stuff you would imagine like making sure you take your medicine like make sure you take your medicine like with food or like with water if that's the way it is um making sure you're dressed well for the day so you're not too hot because like again my thing like if i'm overheated overheated it gets really bad yeah which is like tough in new york when it's like so humid and disgusting really hot all the time and then the subways are a nightmare it's literally like you step down into hell into like actual hell and then you get to the office and it's like freezing cold. So you like need to wear pants, but then you're sweating the entire commute there. You're just like sick. Also like can't go to the bathroom on the subway, obviously. I mean, people do. Yeah, do. people do. <laughs> but unfortunately, I have not yet And again, that they well. wouldn't if they had this the fashionable <laughs> diaper. Like, you're right. Uh, we can start comes, a nonprofit. We can give it to again. homeless people. Cause fucking that, tell him right in there. He's like makes fun of me for it. And oh I'm no, like, I'm, I'm, I will be fucking I'll a be your first customer. My mom's like, who's going to fucking wear I'll that? I'll be your partner. Like, bitch. Like... <laughs> Also, like your mom. Yeah. Also, she would too. She's just like, lady. One day, you never know. She's gonna get it anyway. Um, <laughs> so treatments. You, you. I've known that you've done a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So, like, is is it something? It's not like a one stop shop where like here's the pill. If you have this disease, here's your oh, pill, no. and then you take this pill for the rest of your life, and then you're fine. <laughs> like, you have to try to find what makes you healthy and what makes you feel good. Like, yes. just like it's unique, and yep. the symptoms are unique. The treatments are also unique. Yes perfectly put um 
yeah it's like the best way to describe it is just trial and error for everyone yeah um and typically what happens so if you're if you're diagnosed with this like typically what happens is your doctor unless it's very severe and like you were diagnosed upon like emergency surgery like oh your bowel perforated and like you definitely have Crohn's disease or whatever then that's a completely different situation but if it's like me like where you start noticing symptoms and you just are like gradually getting worse and you're like what the fuck is happening yeah then um when you go to the doctor like they'll start at the lowest level so there are so many different treatments which is a fortunate thing to say like i'm we're blessed to be able to say that that there are a lot of options right now um because you know literally like in my parents lifetime it was not the case yeah like at all it was much worse um so yeah so you'll start from the bottom and then work your way up to like more serious drugs so uh i was kind of mentioning to crystal like your treatment plan kind of like dictates your story with this disease because it dictates whether you're healthy or not and like whether you're in a flare-up or not so kind of just like going through my story and since i have mine is notoriously difficult to treat um like i don't have the most severe case of ibd which i'm lucky but it is very difficult to treat it's like it's kind of unique in that sense it's like a weird situation where like it's not super horrible but we just can't fix what is there yeah yeah um and so yeah so so there's like certain there's a bunch of different types of medications i probably won't even remember to be able to hit them all um but there's like normal ones like just like a pill like a certain whatever to try to like control yeah, just inflammation like any other pill of like, yeah yeah um and then for me like of course it didn't work so it's just like you go on like higher and higher so then there's like chemo pill drugs that you can take um there's also eventually well, there's steroids and steroids are like not what you're thinking of as steroids like anyone who's unfamiliar with like anything medicinal immediately thinks of like you know like athlete steroids yeah Um, no but people give you steroids when you have like a sinus infection right yeah Yeah. it's any it's any like for inflammation um and steroids are like honestly your like dream come true and your worst nightmare because they do exactly what you needed to do like if you know if i'm in a really bad flare-up and they prescribe prednisone is like the main one for steroids you know you're gonna get better but you also know you're in for it like you need to like really strap in like it is the worst thing ever because why so basically the way i i'm not like not scientifically this is not how it works but the way like i picture steroids is like a carpet bomb like they're it, it does what it needs to do but there's so much collateral damage in the rest of your body it's like unreal so yeah. if it could just like fix my intestines like sweet like check that'd be great yeah, but then but, you're like, like- yeah it's horrible yeah it's it's insane so steroid there's like literally if you google prednisone side effects like it is like pages long um but for me and also again like certain people will really have like certain reactions to it but like i will be an absolute psycho like roid rage is like really like mentally like just like yeah. yeah like i'm not someone who generally experiences the emotion of anger like i really truly don't and I am such a bitch. I am such a bitch. Yeah, I am you're so just, like, mad. Mean and like I'm, mad and everything. I'm yeah. literally like so rude. Yeah, like literally roid rage. <laughs> like, I, like yes, like the worst. Like I vividly remember trying to one time cut a spaghetti squash when I was on steroids, and I could because you know have you ever tried to cut a spaghetti squash? If you don't microwave it, it's like actually really hard. And I'm just yeah. like a dumbass, so I never thought to microwave it. And I was so I had like this huge butcher knife trying to cut it, and I was so mad. Evan, my boyfriend, was like in the background like just watching this like not not <laughs> wanting to like intervene with yeah like, or like approach knife. approach yes yeah. and literally like just got so mad i just started stabbing it oh <laughs> my god knife. i was so frustrated i was so mad that i couldn't cut it and he was like okay like i'll take care of this from here <laughs> just like stormed He's and, like, like please walk away <laughs> yeah yes so like horrible it also will make um fat disproportionately built up around your face so we call it moon face and like if Wait, you what yeah yeah so if you go back and look at any of my travel photos any one of them because i'm an ill person and i can't travel without steroids now which is bad i don't advise that you're not supposed to do that <laughs> just like ask for steroids whenever you go away like don't do that okay <laughs> but my doctor's like okay like we literally can't stop you like they try every time they're like please don't go and i'm like i'm going so, yeah um so yeah so all of my travel pics my face is like four times fatter than it is right now and then also you get facial hair which as a woman is not fun and you have like a, this big fat face like, yeah but women like shave their faces now so you're like jiggy they do but like also it's like not cute to like shave your face be a psycho already yeah. like be sick and then like look in the mirror and see facial hair and then be like i have a beard yeah like oh great like great you also gain weight so you're just like fat like and hairy and angry <laughs> <laughs> like it is like, 
literally the worst situation ever. The only great thing about it is that like you literally get cravings like a pregnant woman, which for IBD people is like a fun new thing to like want food. Like yeah. that's like a unique thing. Um, so yeah, so that's just the whole thing. So steroids are like your, like I said, your dream come true and your absolute worst nightmare, but it also can like really wreak havoc on your body. Like it has like, you really like, can't be on them long. Like I've already been on them way too much. Um, so again, like when I travel, my sister and I went to Norway last year and we did some hiking and stuff and I, uh, should not have done that yeah. <laughs> like without training. And so I definitely got a stress fracture just from like doing the hikes. I had to limp the next three weeks in Europe because my my bones are weaker from being on steroids. It like diminishes your bone density. So there's yeah. like stuff like that. Um, but then, okay, back to your original thing about treatments, the, the main one that a lot of us are on, it's like, the, it's a serious one, but it's what helps are called biologics. Um, so there's like certain ones that work different ways, but that's why when you first met me, I would get infusions. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's you had like an IV pulled, like delivered I to work. I still have an IV pulled, and I was like, and you were just in like, my I was closet. Like, okay, Michael, like, bye. <laughs> and you were like, you were like, this is like what I have. Like, you were like, yeah. you were like, this is like what I have to do. And yeah. you were just like, okay, bye. And like, what, like scurried. Like, it down, I literally like, had road. to. I had to get it delivered to work one day. I was mortified. Like this new job, I had to get it delivered there because I'm at work during delivery hours, and I couldn't sign for it at home. So I like hid it in our like equipment room and just like be- like begged Shannon to like make sure no one went in there um but yeah then when i was leaving everyone saw me like rolling ivy pole it was that great. was fun uh yeah so i'm on i'm on biologic right now so yeah remicade is a big one that's like what got me through college for four years um it's an infusion it's four hours uh but it's actually kind of funny because my dad is an infusions nurse like he just was before i even got sick so my dad was able to give me my infusions yeah just like in my dorm in college and it was just like fun um but like long story short because again it's just like my disease just been hard to treat um you're supposed to get remicade every six to eight weeks but it wasn't working for me so i had to get it every four which is like almost twice as amount the amount recommended and i also got it at the highest dose um and there you know it's a dangerous drug like it can it gives people cancer like a fatal cancer um so it's like not you just shouldn't be on it that much if it's not doing what it's supposed to do so it like got me through college, got me through that 25 page thesis I had to yeah. do. And then after college, I was like, okay, like things are more settled. Let's see if I can like start from the bottom. Like it's le- there's less active disease. I'm doing better. Like, let's try to like, see if I can do this without it. Um, the answer is no, I like absolutely cannot. <laughs> Cause it just like went into like a horrible downward spiral for like literally two years. Um, and like I was saying, just everything with this disease is trial and error. So like, the next after like a bunch of other failed ones the next biologic i tried was called intivio which you have to be on for at least six months to see if it's effective yeah so that's why everything got so bad because they my doctor kept me on it which is like what are you supposed to do not his fault for nine months and for nine months i just got worse like there it just like yeah was horrible but in that time that's like when i um went i got a medical marijuana card like i went to see that doctor like that helped at least because actually like another thing to know about this disease at least for me is like there is no pain medication i can take like unless you know there are people who like go for you know like actual painkillers like i just am uncomfortable with that i don't want to do that so like there isn't anything like you can't just like take a tylenol to feel better but medical marijuana like is the only thing i've ever had that actually relieves symptoms like it won't heal me but it's the only symptom reliever I've as ever like had. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, as like a as like a painkiller. Yeah, like an immediate effect sort of thing. So that was really helpful. And then um, I finally switched to a medication called Humira, which is an injection. Biologic. Oh, yeah. That's like on the TV, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, I hate, we hate those commercials. Everyone with IBD it's hates like them Humira. so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know all about those commercials. Yeah, they're just the worst. Like they're, like, they're so cheesy. Like they'll, I mean, not that this isn't true, but it's like, I remember there was one of just like these like flashing like bathroom signs. She like couldn't reach the bathroom. I was like, okay, like yeah, mood, but like this is so cheesy. Like, I literally <laughs> hate this. Like the only one actually I've ever seen that was good. The only one we actually talked about this in the support groups. We we're like, okay, that one's actually real, and it like wasn't super cheesy. Was like it was like a shot of a closed door, or it was first it was a party, and then it was a shot of a closed door, and it was like my view of the party because you're in the bathroom. Oh. I was like oh that one got me i was like that you that's were like wow me. too close to You're home like, wow. like that one was like actually good they like too actually soon. consulted someone like, too <laughs> soon. yeah like was not prepared <laughs> to see like me actually accurately reflected on television like nope that's not a thing yeah um 
Yeah, so Humira is like, a, it's a self-administered injection. It's supposed to be bi-weekly. I have to do it weekly because, of course, like, I just don't respond to shit. But, um, yeah, Humira, like, really sucks, but it's doing its job, so. Yeah, nice. Like, too blessed to be stressed, <laughs> <laughs> you know? What, um, and that, are there other treatments that, like, you haven't tried yet? Um, Very few. There are very few. There's so one. Uh, yeah. There's some down the pipeline. There's one called Stellara uh, that I haven't tried, but basically oh yeah, that, that's on the TV too. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, that's there was like it was kind of like a high stakes appointment switching to Humira because my doctor was like, "It's this or surgery." He's like, "You don't have like we've done it all. Like we don't have many options left." So that was the first time I kind of like really had to like come. I mean, I've come to terms with that a long time ago. Like I expect surgery for sure. But it was like, oh, like, right, like, now's not a good time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would just, like, prefer to not do that right now, you know? Yeah. Like, I need to make rent in New York City. Like, who, like, who's going to do that if I'm bedridden from surgery? Like, hmm. So, yeah, so that was interesting. But anyway. Yeah. Um, what is Stellar? Is it different? Is Stellar just another infusion or is it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know too much about it. I believe it is an infusion, though. Um but yeah, it really it really works for some people. I know someone who has like one of the most extreme cases I've ever heard, and Stellar has like saved her life. So oh really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. And like I said, there's there's definitely stuff coming down the pipeline. Like the women I meet in my support group are like, some of them are in medicine, so they like really know it, and they're like, yeah, hey guys, like heads up, <laughs> like clinical trial coming soon. Like so, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, sign me up. Yeah. Um, what are some tips that you have for people with with um an invisible illness like this hmm. I think that and this is probably just like a very biased uh, like a viewpoint because I just really went through this but I think like first and foremost is just taking care of yourself because you know we'll get to the advocacy part but you got to take care of yourself and like give yourself permission to just heal as best you can because no one is going to understand like people are going to try to and like that's amazing it feels like I'm so grateful when people do try and like put out that effort I just like I'm so touched I like cry <laughs> so I'm like oh my god people never ask me these questions yeah but like so that being said like you need to take care of yourself and because so much of this stuff really is mental and especially with IBD it's actually a psychosomatic illness which people think means that your brain causes this stuff like that's not what it means it just means that stress and anxiety and anything like that can exacerbate your like mental things yeah like actually really make it worse impact it mm -hmm. yeah so it's just you like really just have to take care of yourself first of all hence the meditation and the yoga literally yeah and like bath bombs and like face masks and like yeah (laughs) (laughs) any spa treatment like basically yeah (laughs) yeah turning your house into a spa like yes um and then the second, like, I almost feel like a hypocrite, like, saying the second one because I literally have done two, a total of two whole things to do this, but, like, I'm at least trying, is, yeah, it's just advocating. And, like, whatever way that means to you, it doesn't, because I know people who, like, like, bless their souls, go to D.C. to advocate. Like, they're, yeah, like, like, March on, on Washington. Literally, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, trying to advocate for us and, like, legislation and all this stuff, and that's amazing. Like, maybe one day I'll get there, but, like... So it doesn't have to be that, though, is my point. It's like, you know, I wasn't feeling that great the day that I wrote the article, but, like, all I had to do was sit down on my desk and my computer, and, like, it reached, like, a lot of people. And, like, I'm not anyone famous. I'm not a writer. Like, I don't have, like, yeah. you know, like, I'm not, like, a BuzzFeed contributor. You don't have, like, a following like, yeah, on the internet all. about like, your writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, here we are, like, just, just talking about it, just giving yourself the permission to talk about it with people. Because I think this the stigma is what makes it so difficult it's like people are just so willing to write you off and i get i do get it because it's a really tough pill to swallow like lol at that analogy but it is like you know to look at someone you love or like someone you know even just you know at work or something and just being able to accept that like they have this chronic illness that like actually really sucks and not being able to explain that away or just like, Oh, like it's not that bad. Or like, Oh, like she looks fine. Like what, whatever the thinking is just makes that person feel better to like try to rationalize it away like that. It's just, so that is, it's just a hard thing we deal with of like, Oh, like she's just saying this cause she wants attention or like, it's not that bad. Like that whole mentality makes it really hard for people like me to talk about this. 
but it's just kind of like you you know for other people with an invisible illness like we know what it's like like we know our own truth and our experience and if that other person feels that way then like whatever like you might not reach them and that's fine like eventually they will probably learn yeah in one way or another um so it's just like still trying to get out there and just you know raise some more empathy in people or at least like understanding to make all of our lives easier because i think that this transfer like there are many differences among all the invisible illnesses but there are so many similarities too to any of Mm -hmm. them that like any ad any advocacy is going to help all of us you know so you're in a relationship what is it like like does it impact your relationship like romantic relationships i'm assuming yes obviously because yeah no it definitely does um i think it sounds by me by me saying yes it sounds like that has a negative connotation but it doesn't i actually think like i don't know i don't know if i would have realized like how good our relationship is or like how patient understanding my boyfriend is if it wasn't for this like I would have he's he rocks but like it's just you really are thrown into some situations that like you have to have a partner next to you for that and like not like a random like whatever and like we started date so my boyfriend Evan and I have been together for four years like we started dating in college and I was like relative I was like pretty healthy like I had my moments for sure but yeah I was pretty healthy and then we kind of like like, I don't know if he really realized what he signed up for when we started dating. Like, he knew, but, like, he didn't actually know because it wasn't bad then. Um, but we've kind of, like, grown and, like, learned through this together. But, uh, yeah, I mean, someone that you can, like, straight up talk about, like, bloody shit with is, like, a keeper. <laughs> like, that is, like, a different breed of human. Like, I and he's, like, literally, like, he, it's it's, like, it's not even a thing. I don't know. I don't know how to, it's, like just how I described it is just part of me. Like that's how he sees it. Like it's not this like other, like this gross or like this inconvenient thing to him. It never has been or less how, at least how he's treated me. Like, like we're in a car for a long time. He's like, all right, like just, you know, like let me know if we need to pull over anywhere. Like, you, I, like, let me know. Oh yeah. my God. I'm actually having like a full lot of like really embarrassing moments. I could share like where he was just like an angel. And I was just like a destructive, like tornado, like with my disease. But like, yeah, like there have been moments where he's like literally screamed at people in line for me because I don't ever want to like make a scene. I just like always like suffer in silence, which is like not okay. That's like completely a fault of my own. And he'll be like, fuck no. Like this one lady, we were at a football game and I like, it is a blessing when you get a family bathroom, like not like a public women's one, but like a oh, family, yeah, yeah, like yeah. single one. Like literally God smiles upon me when he sends me one of those. <laughs> and so I'm like in one at like a football game. And so obviously I'm in there for a while because I was like dying. Actually, before this, he had to like kind of carry me into the stadium. It was like bad. And this lady, like when I got out, like made some comment. I don't even know what she said, but like something rude. And he like walked me away and like walked back to her and was like, like you don't know what people go through. Like you like, like oh, this whole thing. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, like drama. This, I like this, I'm obsessed with this stuff. This yes. Whole thing. Or like literally, we. Were, this is like honestly so embarrassing. But like guys, this is a reality. Like this is what we're here to talk about. So like whatever. But um, he and I recently went camping at the in Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado, and I was like so impressed by myself. I was doing so well. I was doing so well. We like were making our meals. Everything was healthy. Like we were good. Doing all these like crazy hikes. It was, it was fine. The last day we do like literally the easiest hike. I'm not joking. It was so easy. Like we were like scaling rocks like the day before, and then today was like a little leisurely thing. We are like on, we're on the descent, on our way down, last day, last hike. I was like, and then the urgency hit and I was like, fuck my whole life. Yeah. Like this, this can't be real. Like we're on a trail in the middle of the woods. Like, wh- like I do You have to just like squat this. in the woods. Like this is what you're going to yeah, do. Like, yeah. Like should have, like I should know to like bring a little kid. Like everyone says, but I was like, mm, no, like I just like. You're like, I feel amazing. I'm just like, like indignant sometimes. I'm like, like when you really like think about the reality of being an inconstant 24 year old, you're like, nope, unsubscribe. So like, nope, but like really should just be prepared. And so, yeah, just like straight up had to like walk, like. I was like, all right, like, I got to go right now. He's like, all right, like, I'll cover you. <laughs> like, I, like, <laughs> jump off the trail. There's, like, people walking. He's, like, blocking the view. And I'm like, okay, this is so romantic. Like, let me just shit in the woods over here. Like, yeah. and then just keep And then my boyfriend's like, body, happened. like, blocking me. In like, the, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. And then, like, pull your pants up and then just, like, keep, keep yep. it moving. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, so cute, right? Yes. <laughs> no, but it actually is cute. Like, his that family will is, make, like, yeah. a whole, like, gluten-free Thanksgiving dinner for me. Like, it's just... It's just sweet. Like, they are, like, it really opens your eyes to, like, people's 
true nature and like how loving and kind people can be i think you yeah know? what what are your final thoughts like what are some good things that you've that you've like taken from these experiences that you've had with this disease yeah i mean i'm i'm glad you brought that up because it is true like i it's the part that we need to advocate is like all the shitty stuff because that's what we need people to understand you know when you're in like a dire situation and need help or like just want people to know what your life is like like you fo- you focus on this bad stuff because that's what people like don't know but the truth is like there really are some really beautiful things that have come from it and I try to focus on that a lot because you know it's true like it's just true like it's really given me like a different perspective on life um, I think one of the main things or like the main thing is just that it gives you such genuine gratitude for like the simplest joys in life like way it sounds cliche like I feel like this is like a trope you see in movies of like people have cancer and then like so like happy after with life and but it like it's just true like it is um you know for me like I can't enjoy simple things like you know when I'm like when I'm really in a flare like really sick I going to Central Park is like not a thing I can do like I can't be in the sun I for an indeterminate amount of time without a bathroom like I can't do anything without a bathroom so it's just like I'm in my apartment like doing nothing so like anytime I feel healthy enough to just like go out or like if I get to go to a restaurant and I don't have like an absolute like attack in my bowels after I'm like oh my god like what a pleasant night I'm having like this is such an amazing experience like I'm just like over the moon over like the most like basic stuff that like people like probably don't think about and it's true it's true like it's not even an exaggeration it's like a genuine gratitude and I even like try to make like we were saying my meditations like kind of focused on gratitude ones you can like you know there's like a million apps these days to like have guided ones and I almost always pick gratitude because like there is something to be grateful for in every situation, but especially with this, like it really is true. Like, you know, I'm taking care of my health more than I probably would if I was just a healthy 24 year old. Like I would just be eating like pizza every day probably because it's cheap and delicious. But like instead I'm like eating a paleo meal for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And it's going to probably help me when I'm hopefully like 75 and like still just like kicking it, you know? Yeah. Like arteries may be like less clogged, like colon may be removed, but like who knows? At least yeah. my arteries will be good. Um, so there's just there's just a lot but and also too like I was saying like I really love to travel and I'm like really not supposed to all the time <laughs> like probably like really shouldn't have taken any of the trips that I've taken yeah um, so when I am able to go like even if I am dealing with like if I'm on steroids I'm limping like if I'm even just sick like I'm just so grateful to be there and to be doing that and I take everything in like I I even remember like on that that hike in Norway my sister kept like yelling me she's like can you come on like because I was like 20 steps behind her because I just kept stopping to take it all in I was like I can't believe I'm here doing this like I can't believe my body is allowing me to do this you know so it's just like it really gives you this awareness that I'd never had before um and then like I was saying too like when you have you really see how true your friendships are with your friends and your family like not that people just need to do anything for you to be your friend but when they do it's just so eye-opening like oh my god like you really love me yeah like my friend like you know we were like walking around brooklyn and i had to go to the bathroom she's like oh my god there's a michael's right there the one on like near atlantic ave and so we like run in there and it's a huge michael's but it was the only place around he's like all right i'm gonna find the bathroom like sprint through the whole thing and it's like on the second floor in the corner he's like michael i got you like like come up here like just like things like that yeah. like, oh my god like you're such a good friend like I'm never ever doing anything to jeopardize this friendship and it's all because of this like it's just is eye-opening in certain ways and just gives you like this really deep gratitude for life yeah, yeah. what would you tell last question mm-hmm. what would you tell um like the 16 year old version of you like today <sighs> or is that like too hard <laughs> no it's not it's actually funny I was thinking about this recently um yeah, so we didn't even mention this. I don't know if I did, but I was diagnosed with this when I was 16. And so I was just a sophomore in high school. Um, and I, like, remember, I vividly remember, so basically you usually get diagnosed with a uh, colonoscopy. They're, like, you have a bunch of tests. You, like, go to the doctor a million times, and they're, like, all right, like, we should probably do a colonoscopy to figure out what's good with you. And then you go under anesthesia, and you wake up. And so I woke up, and the doctor handed me the photos and was, like, you are not crazy. Like, you have this you have inflammatory bowel disease 
but like I didn't know what that meant yeah. really and so I remember like they had to like wheel you out it was so dramatic like after a colonoscopy you don't need a wheelchair but they insisted so they were like wheeling me out to the car and I vividly remember being like okay wait this is a chronic illness like my life has changed forever like I'm 16 like I can't even fathom literally yeah, like what age. is forever yeah like I don't I don't know I was like that is until I die like that's forever and so that's all I kept thinking but I was also like vividly aware that I had no idea what that meant so I was just like weirdly calm I was just like okay like we're gonna have to wait and see like what this means um and so now when I look back like and especially you know that first year and a half after getting diagnosed was the worst it was really like the worst experience I've ever had with this so far it was just so sick so it's like it's so interesting now like having like I'm eight years in to think back to her <laughs> like just like being so overwhelmed and like in pain and just like confused and like scared honestly um but yeah if I could say anything to her now it would just be like that cliche but it does get better yeah um, it will also get worse like it will but I think just like hold on, let me think Yeah, I don't know. If I just if I had to say to my sixteen year old stuff, I think I would just say like it's not going to limit you like you think it will. Because I also had an experience like shortly after getting diagnosed, I was a senior in high school and I really wanted to take a gap year because I really just like had all these big plans for my life, which I still do. But I was like, I want to make a difference. Like I want to take a gap year. I want to go to Senegal. I had I like applied to this program. It was a whole thing. And then I got denied because of my health. Like I can't go to Senegal yeah. <laughs> with a, a compromised immune system. Are you joking? Yeah, like no. I was just a dumb bitch. So, anyway, so like, <laughs> I applied to that and was like heartbroken that I got rejected. Like low key still am. It's fine. But so I was just so afraid. I was like, Oh my God, like, is this going to be the rest of my life? Like not being able to do like anything. The, because yeah. Of the my things health. that I wanted to do, like I really am an idealist. So I had these like huge plans and I was just so afraid of that. And I think it's like, yeah, like you might have to make some accommodations, but like you can do it still and things will get better. And it's also going to give you, like I was just explaining this perspective that you're going to be able to enjoy all the good parts of your life so much more than if you didn't have this. And like, I also have like, I think a stronger sense of myself, which is a good for anyone to have going through life. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know I've been through all this. And I know I can get through anything like this. Like it sounds very conceited, like, Oh, I can get through anything. No, but, but like, like, it's true. Though. It's kind of feels true. It's like in the back of my mind, like I've never said that out loud, but I think I have this like, safety net of knowledge like all right like you've been through worse like you can get through yeah like this is fine is. yeah mm -hmm. yeah wow i know that's Chris, great i blocked out for this whole episode i have no idea what i said <laughs> <laughs> i'm so nervous oh my god it's fine no everything is <laughs> i've been sweating this whole time oh my god how many spoons did this take away from you oh you know what i actually probably too many but no i was feeling good I was I was able to like mentally prepare for this. It's the damn like bus and two trains to get back that's gonna kill me. Man, yeah, Hoboken. It took me the amount of time it would take. Well, me yeah, to you live Philly. far into Brooklyn. I live deep. Yeah, deep in BK. We'll get you. Yeah, we'll get you on the right track. Don't yeah. worry. Um, <laughs> any other final thoughts? I don't think so. Just like do a quick Google search, people. Like do us a favor. Maybe read the spoon theory. Because it applies to anyone you know who's sick. And just the very, like, cliche of just, like, you never know what battles people are fighting is true. Like, we just need to be kinder to each other. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, because, like, I guess this whole thing is about living with an invisible illness. And we didn't even talk about the fact that, like, we don't look sick. Like, we are it, – it's invisible. Like, so really any person you see walking down the street or in your office could have like, this yeah and we try really really hard to hide it and keep it under wraps like you really just have no idea so it's just like suspend judgment of people be a little kinder do a little research it'll do us all some good yeah the end thank you so much for sharing your story oh my god thank you for having me this was the first time i've ever done this wait I'm, really i feel very vulnerable good you should <laughs> I'm very scared to listen to this. Oh my god, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, um, thank you so much. Seriously, you'll just, it's been the so fun. Worst part about it is you listening to your own voice, because that's the worst part my, of anything. I'm dreading it so yeah. much. No, that's fine. If that's the worst part, then you're good. <sighs> um, where can people find you online Ooh, if they um, want to find you? Yeah, my Instagram is just Michael Sharkey, just my name, which um, you can see in the title of the episode. Yeah, and I don't know. Look for some stuff soon, and I have some things in the works. 
trying to like be more of an advocate like i said i have some ideas so like there may be other instagrams popping up soon tbd yeah and you'll you'll promote those on instagram yeah correct? yeah so like we'll see can't like you said can't spill it someone's gonna steal it so yeah i'd like keep that shit on lock <laughs> Seriously. I'll have you promote on a later episode. Or okay, we'll do like a catch great. up. We'll do a catch up. Absolutely. We'll do a, we can do a bonus episode catch up. Curve. Um again, thank you so much for sharing your story. You can find Michael at Michael Sharkey. Um you can find me at the Crystal Rosa and you can find the show at Loud and Curious. You can go to loudandcurious.com for all the new episodes. And um you can check out my new blog, Attention Seeking Homebody, which is at A T T N S H dot com. And yeah, I mean, I think that's just about it, right? Yeah. Um, until next time, bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Loud and Curious was produced by me, Krista Rosa. My cover art photo and all the photos on my website were taken by Alyssa Timoteo. Cover art graphics and photo editing by Chris Moore. The boys from Remember Jones wrote and performed my theme music. Like them on Facebook and Instagram at Remember Jones. Next time on Loud and Curious. You have been doing this to me for years. It's not okay to talk to your sister or anyone like that. You don't understand the relationship I have with my sister. No, I don't, but it's not okay to talk to anyone like that, Kim. It's just not okay. Your behavior is not okay. Really? Yeah, it's not okay. Why don't you have a piece of bread so you can calm down a little? Shame on you. You're disgusting, Kim. Let's talk about the husband. Excuse me, what did you say? Let's talk about the husband? Let's not talk about what you don't want out. You're a scary, vicious human being. Let me tell you something. Don't ever touch my husband, ever. I'm just saying...